the future of photography. Good morning, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. I am super, super busy, but there is light at the end of the tunnel because I have a family vacation in just a week from now. So that'll be that. that that's what's keeping me going. It's the same. It's the same here. We're, we're just finishing up the the German, the second edition of the German version of the film photography handbook, and that is a lot of loose ends to tie together and bring together. Um, but it's going to be worth it. We're updating the book in some in some really important, interesting ways. So yeah, well, that's a big book as well. I mean, I, I, clearly, I haven't read the German version, but well, I, and, I, and but I don't, you were I, kind enough to send me a copy of the English version, and there's a lot of content in there. And I cannot, I cannot guarantee that this will all trickle over to the English version because that's a different publisher, and it's it's a okay. So anyway, we are. We're working on the German version, and I hope it's going to make this uh, to the English version as well. Also, yesterday I built a copy stand. Oh right, okay. <laughs> this is it's another thing. Um, th th if this is a quick trickle over from the analog world, um, <laughs> Hamish Gill, who you know, I do know Hamish. Uh, yes, d d does did this Kickstarter or is still doing it when we were recording this? The the pixel later, the negative holder, and I got into contact with him and asked him if he was thinking about also providing a copy stand with it, which he uh, which he's not not going to do. But then someone from the Happy Shooting community, which is my German photography podcast, um, has built a copy stand out of aluminum pro aluminum profiles. Okay, yeah. Uh, Which yep. are relatively cheap to get and they, are, they have standard connectors and things. So a copy stand is like a little platform with a, a vertical uh, column that you then attach your camera to to digitize negatives. And uh, it, there's now a German company who does mechatronics who who he talked to and who is now offering this as a kit. So you can order the all the parts in one go for 35 euros and oh wow 35 euros that's well, affordable it's diy it's self-assembly but it's all there all you need is some some hex uh, wrenches and that's it it's it's brilliant it's really brilliant it's really cheap <laughs> i will i will put a link in the show notes just so if, if anyone's interested um these guys have no idea what's going to hit them because if you look at the at the stores at the big brands the established brands you can get something like that for 150 bucks and up so well, i was gonna say yeah i mean i wouldn't have expected you could get something like that for 35 euros that's very good value for money well you have to assemble it but <laughs> still if, you, if okay. you're not if you're somewhat okay with uh, tools then that is a simple thing to do you only need the two different size hex wrenches that's it so i'm uh yeah i'm I'm testing this thing right now. Anyway, nothing to do with <laughs> the future of photography. <laughs> well, for me, it's a bit of the future of photography, the future of my photography. Um, I also have a follow-up to uh, one of the last episodes where we talked about projection mapping. You remember that? I, I do, yes. Fascinating where you, stuff. Where you can it. have a projector and that projector is, is then... Uh, uh, you use some software to geometrically tweak what's being projected so it... Uh, It conforms to certain surfaces that you project on, and it's a very interesting and flexible tool. But it's always a bit difficult because you have to go through, um, well, 
through a mapping process and so on. Um, and it's a really cool technology, but it's, yeah, it's not really an end user kind of thing. It's a nerd kind of thing. And um, there's a tool out now that uh, that's supposed to make this easier. Uh, it's a product called Lightform. And is it really interesting because what it is, is is you attach it to a projector, let's say like a regular digital projector, and, and it goes on top. It's like a small box uh, that has a front-facing camera, and I think it shoots out some something, some uh, light rays, invisible ones. Uh, and it maps. No, no, it doesn't. It uses the projector to project uh, uh, patterns, and then it analyzes this through the camera. That's how it works. And then it maps the 3D geometry of the scene in front of you for you. Right. So it brings <laughs> that into software. And in that software, you can then project on that geometry. Um, it, it, it's hard to explain, but once you see it, it is really cool. Um, I've, put a, uh, I've put a link to a video, to a YouTube video in the show notes. And uh, it is worth a look because just, ima just imagine you are a shopkeeper and you have a, a window that you want to spice up a bit. Just imagine placing a projector at the edge of that window and then having, <clears throat> having stuff projected onto whatever is in the window. Like, let's say something, tra let's say you're selling clothes and something, there's a light beam that traces the contours of your clothes. To make mm. it look more interesting, just as one example, you can see a lot more examples in that in that video. Um, it is a pretty cool little thing. I'm I'm not sure if it's all on the market already, but it is certainly something to to look out for. They are doing a test. I think you can buy it actually. So that sounds that sounds really interesting. Actually, the the democratization uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> of well, projection mapping. I'm not sure every person in the world would have a would have a use for that, but there's certain. Uh, you should you should come to the UK at Christmas time. <laughs> that, that would be that <laughs> would be another use for houses. it. Oh yeah. yeah, that would be another use for it. Put one put one out there that to project onto your house, and you can use that to map your house, and then it will know where the edges are, and you can have uh, colorful things dancing around the front of your house yes i might propose to the british government they give them out on the national health service because i'm sure it will save all the people who fall off icy ladders in the christmas season trying to put lights that, on the outside of their house there you it's go a, that, that's a health that's a health gadget that is <laughs> there's your business case right there <laughs> anyway uh, uh, the, yes. the, the, back to the title of this oh wow we have tangents <laughs> over tangents here <laughs> Back to the title of this episode, Big Gimbals. And uh, th this was all triggered by one product that just recently came out. Um, Childish name for a show, by the way. <laughs> Childish name for a show, by the way. But it made me laugh. <laughs> is it? Okay. <laughs> um, a gimbal is, well, we, we have talked about these things, right? They are like the, these pivoted supports for cameras that you can then have a thing, a grip attached to that allows rotation. Uh, about and keep keep the camera pointed the same way no matter how the things around it move and we have those in uh, in 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 air in aerial photography hanging under under drones um a compass mount on a ship is is in a gimbal so you mm. have you have seen these ships move but the compass stays stays straight that's 
uh, that's a gimbal, even though that the, the traditional ones use gyros instead of uh, instead of digital means to do the same thing. But they are in aircraft, they're in space flights, rocket engines without gimbals and stabilizers. These things couldn't fly. Um, again, the, the 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 stabilized video, the three axis gimbals with their brushless motors nowadays um, are a prime example that everyone has seen by now. The even in still photography, we have gimbals, not motorized gimbals, just gimbals that hold a camera lens combination in in a uh, let's say in a in a in a it, it, where where the point of gravity is. So you can rotate that whole thing around. It's often used in wildlife photography. If you want to follow something like a flying bird, then those things are really helpful. Oh, it's called center of gravity. That's the word I was mm-hmm. looking for. Yep. Um, then, uh, and 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 there's one product recently that has kind of sparked this <laughs> this episode for me, um, because it brings this thing to a different form factor. Um, we've had these in in video production um, for years now. Um, started with well, or or got popularized with a product called Movi, which is a handheld bundle kind of thing. So imagine a frame that the camera is mounted in the center of and you can hold it left and right with two hands and then you can you can move around like an old steady cam rig and everything is is fixed in place and the camera will have a very smooth motion. That's a that's a thing that used to be until now about six and a half thousand dollars yeah they're good they're they're serious pieces of engineering equipment aren't they some of those ones and they and they have to be all carbon fiber because they have to be light because they are held by a person um then you can you can get these things and rent these for like a thousand dollars a month uh a a week stuff like that so we're talking serious serious dough for yes these kind of things. <laughs> not necessarily the hobbyist market <laughs> it's not the hobbyist market and uh, then all of a sudden there is a uh, dgi we have heard of dgi dgi is the company the chinese company that makes the world's best-selling drones um, i own one and many people do and they they originally partnered with gopro to provide the cameras so the old dji phantom drone had a a gimbal and a cage where you put a, a gopro in and it was made for that gopro so they could just click in and and work seamlessly together but then dji over time they just expanded into the camera market and now they make really good cameras they've been um, so, quite clever at that haven't they yes <laughs> they have been quite clever and gopro is not part of their deal anymore because the dji mavic and mavic air and dji mavic pro and the whole mavic line um they just come with a good camera and a gimbal and the whole package from one manufacturer and uh, then they started eyeing the camera market like the the video production market that is not flying because they have the gimbal technology they have everything that uh, that you would uh, that that you would need to hook a camera, a bigger camera into, and they brought out a product a while ago called the Osmo, which is a handheld gimbal. It's like a little stick you hold, and it has a little camera on top. So, built-in camera again, uh, great for vlogging, and also great 
comes with software that that tracks your face, so it keeps moving around, following you uh, in front of the camera. Uh, but still not at the point where like a professional video production team uh, that a pro professional video production would go for in terms of, well, sensor size and the camera's a bit too small and you want your big video cameras and uh, red cameras and DSLRs and things. Yeah, I can't, I can't imagine anybody shooting a movie on one of those things. Uh, but <clears> well, the, but the, I can imagine using one myself. <laughs> people do and it's it's a fun uh, fun, fun to do, but again, you want bigger sensors, you want uh, different possibilities. So, of course, the the ideas go bigger, and go going bigger again brings us to that movie territory, six and a half thousand uh, dollars for a package, and that's not affordable. So, what has DJI done just a short while ago? They just shrunk shrunk the product and the price. So, um, there's now the Ronin S. S, um, which is a three-axis stabilizer, similar to everything you see in gimbals in in drones, um, but it is again just a stick you hold, and it has uh, enough enough size. It's big enough so you can put three and a half kilos on it. That's so, that's quite a chunky camera. I wouldn't want to be carrying a camera that weighed three and a half kilos. Alone that is DSLR level with a decent lens on it. And uh, the interesting thing is they made this uh, really affordable compared to the other things. Because here in Germany, we pay 750 euros for that thing now. That, so, uh, which is you know, a lot less than six and a half thousand. <laughs> which is unheard of, which is completely unheard of. And yeah. uh, apparently from what I've seen, it is a very capable tool. It, it, it does not just stabilize the camera. You can use it to automate camera movements. So you have like functions in there that that allow you to track things and so you can put it on a tripod and use it to just pan around the camera uh, motorized so you have a motorized camera head you have a stabilizer um, could, especially if you could if you could program it for gigapixel photography as well oh that, that, exactly that is one of these uh, applications gigapixel another episode of uh, the future photography it's yeah it's and it, and it has even camera interfacing built in, so you can, at least with uh, the supported cameras right now, I think some Panasonic models, you can just plug in a little plug to the camera, and then you have uh, a wheel on the side of the base to change the focus. So you can do focus pulling on that thing, which used That's to be highly specialized equipment that was really expensive. This is just built in now. That's pretty interesting, actually, isn't it? Because it, yeah, because this is, um, I mean, I can imagine using one of these myself. Yeah, you know, uh, yeah, you know, with with my, uh, I don't shoot a DSLR. I have a, a smaller Fuji camera, but yeah, you know, certainly it could easily hold that. Um, uh, and yeah, you know, that that brings a, a a lot of options open. But yeah, being able to use it as a tripod head, being able to com control the camera remotely. They, this is this is uh, it. It it's. It's fairly groundbreaking stuff, isn't it? it I know that the technologies and the, and the uh, are not new themselves, but at this price point, um, and in the UK, it starts with a six six hundred and sixty nine pounds. Apparently, mm -hmm. that's it, 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 pretty it, affordable. 
And, and and of course, again, brings us to what does that mean for the future of photography? For my personal photography future, it doesn't mean anything because I <laughs> have no, I do not have any use for that. The only, I, I used to have a smaller gimbal that you can hook a smartphone into. Um, similar right. principle, just smaller and cheaper for 150 bucks, I think. Uh, I've used this thing three times and then sold it again because the stabilization inside my smartphone is getting so good now that I don't need these things anymore. Ah, right. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I have, I see a lot of new creative uses for these kind of things. So I see a lot of uh, photographers and filmmakers especially going there and and, and using these tools and, and making new things that wouldn't have been possible without these tools. So I think it's a it's a it's a another step into the democratization of uh of tools and people giving people access to tools uh, that they wouldn't have access to uh before. Yeah, I think yeah, the, I can imagine it being pretty useful in the independent filmmaking community. Definitely. I I, I can I can see you know, uh, I I can see it having a place in the enthusiastic market as well. I mean this is uh, you know, I, I do shoot some video with uh, with my Fuji camera and, you know, being able to shoot down low to the ground and flow as you move along, it, it would open up for me a whole different class of shot because most of the shots I take with the moment of video are uh, the, the camera is static in some way. Mm. And when you're skipping from edit to edit point, you know, every every two or three seconds a lot of the time or something like that, then maybe maybe it's not the biggest deal, but... Um, having all of those different shot capabilities would be cool. I'm sure I would um, injure myself uh, and other people, you know, doing something silly like cycling along and getting it caught in the wheels or something. Like that. <laughs> but, but you know, it would be fun trying. Well, for a while. It, it, at least at least the footage of that would be quite smooth, I guess. <laughs> yes, yes. So uh, I, I, you know, this this for me is uh, the is. Uh, it is a a class of something, isn't it? For me, I think in that there are a lot of of high tech tools now that are becoming very very affordable that are accessories to photography or to video or filmmaking, and that enable things, and that enable things. And you know, uh, and uh, I have to say, I do find it more fun to look at something like this than I have than I would do sort of the 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 next generation external GPU or something like that. Um, you know, actually, funny as we record this, I, I I came across a news article yesterday where um, Blackmagic Design have have re have just announced a, an external GPU box um, that that you can use with a MacBook Pro, yeah, um, and and it will speed up video post production. Now, I it, it's not that I don't enjoy video post production. Uh, I don't do a lot of it, and therefore, you know, uh, I I can afford the luxury <laughs> of enjoying it. But the you know. I'd get more excited about buying a gimbal to shoot more stuff than I would do with buying a box to edit more stuff. <laughs> well, maybe 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 making the edit much faster would be uh, would make this more fun for you. Anyway, yeah, that, that, yes, <laughs> that's true. That's true. Yes, more time to shoot. <laughs> anyway, uh, this this episode was, by the way, not sponsored by DJI. Just making sure everyone knows oh, good that. Point. Yes. Yeah, we have we have uh, not received free samples or anything of that kind. So. However, um, DJI, if you are listening, <laughs> I we would we have they, they, they are definitely part of the future of photography. So um, 
Yeah, <laughs> hit us up. Um, this was episode 37 of The Future of Photography and we'll be back in uh, in a week with another peculiarly titled episode. Um, looking forward to that one too. Eight, see you in a week. Take care, mate. Bye-bye. been listening to The Future of Photography, a production by Adrian Stock and Chris Marquardt. Subscribe to the show wherever you get your other podcasts. Find the show notes and more information at thefutureofphotography.com. Future of Photography